Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. What's more effective? A well-trained person with no equipment or a well-equipped person with no training. Well, in certain cases, I'd have to say that a person with proper training can get by with minimal equipment. But ideally, you'd like to have both. Lads to Leaders. Now, Lads to Leaders is known as a program, but I'd like to describe it as a process. You see, the name is the process. You take lads, young people, and you mature them into leaders. The process of lads becoming leaders is about both equipment and training. Young people are equipped with values, they are equipped with philosophy, and they are equipped with special skills. Lads to Leaders is not just learning to do, but in reality it's doing to learn. And as people participate in the Lads to Leaders program, they become well-trained and well-equipped to be the future leaders. And church leaders or community leaders, it, it produces leadership qualities in young people. The Lads to Leaders program is the legacy of Dr. Jack Zorn, who invented the program. If you're interested in participating in Lads to Leaders, ladstoleaders.com. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can contact Rhonda Fernandez, 321 321- Two zero two seven six zero zero three two one two zero two seven six zero zero lads to leaders dot com producing leaders in the church in the future in the young people of today. And the winner of the dumbest thing you've ever done in the kitchen award is. And before the little guy in the tuxedo and the black bow tie can actually read the envelope, before Will Smith can run up on stage and pimp smack somebody, I I already know who the winner is. I already know who won. I'm, I'm preparing my acceptance speech because, you see, he didn't have to say my name. Of course, this little image in my head of the award ceremony going on, it, it vanished just as soon as the hot butter and the pancake batter splattered all over my stomach and my chest. And I've never actually been shot with a shotgun. I've never been shot with a shotgun loaded with a birdshot. I've never been shot with a shotgun loaded with uh, Epsom salt. I've never been shot with a shotgun loaded with, with table salt. But I suspect it's a similar experience. It would, the shotgun would probably hurt worse, but I guess if you had the range just right, the effect would look the same. I have all these tiny little red dots all over my upper torso. And the pain, yeah, the pain's fairly intense. I had dozens and dozens of little blisters all over me. 
the fleas that lived in in my chest would have thought it was the second rendition of the seventh Egyptian plague, the fiery hell. Maybe some of the fleas were not making good moral choices, and they thought it was uh, brimstone in in the in the form of burning pancake batter. I, and I'd started out the morning feeling fairly culinary. I had for the second day in a row. I decided to make pancakes from scratch for my family, and I was feeding Jackie and our daughter, Lonnie Beth. On this particular occasion, though, my loving wife had decided to interfere with my culinary expertise and had offered her help. And while my back was turned, she buttered my pan. Now, when it comes to butter, I'm pretty much a parsimonious butterer. She, on the other hand, just sort of globs it in there. Little did I know that this small change and this huge amount of butter would result in a splash as soon as I flipped the pancake over and plopped it into the La Brea butter pit. My initial concern was that of combustion. My biggest fear in the kitchen is a flash fur fire. It's a major concern of mine. You'd have to put me out with a shovel. In the absence of my stomach fur blazing, I was peppered with small, intense areas of agony in the form of burning butter and pancake batter sticking to me all over the place. The phrase, it's better to burn out than to fade away, comes to mind. I will take fading away. Let the record show I will take fading away over burning out every single time. So here I am, standing in the kitchen, shirtless the victim of batter splatter, and looking for somebody to blame. I mean, why did somebody get up on this morning and decide, hey, we want to eat pancakes? Why didn't my wife buy pancake mix at the grocery store so I didn't have to make a a volatile batch of batter? And and who asked her to butter the pan anyway? I I was in charge. I was in the kitchen. We have cereal. We have Pop-Tarts. We have toast. We have energy bars. We have protein drinks. Why can't people just be satisfied with what they have? Why does somebody have to ask for something extra or something special? I was sharing these frustrating thoughts with a friend of mine, looking for some compassion, looking for some active listening skills. And they asked the obvious question, well, why don't you wear a shirt when you cook? Well, maybe I like to pretend I'm at Waffle House. But really, that's that's who you blame. You see, if you splash butter and pancake batter on your apron, or you splash butter and pancake batter on your chef's shirt, if, if you splash butter and pancake batter on your t-shirt, it's not as bad as if you splash it on yourself and, and you're not wearing a shirt. <laughs> we really do like to find ways to blame other people for our problems. We like to think of all the things that they should have done or they could have done. We like to think of all the things that, that they should have done differently. But let's face it, most of our problems come from our choices. We fail to do something and it catches up with us. We decide to do something and it catches up with us. We can come up with all the reasons why somebody else should have or somebody else could have, but it really just boils down to what we decided to do or not to do and choosing to blame the universe, the planet, the economics, the weather, the elders, the church, our parents, society, the history of the nation. We can blame all those things for all we want to, 
but the bottom line is we're responsible for the choices we make. John Roseman, H. Stephen Glenn, James Dobson, several of the authors that write on discipline all talk about logical consequences. That's, that's a logical connection between our choices and behaviors and, and the resultant after effects. And, and even if you do illogical things, you get logical consequences and blaming everything and everybody else doesn't really absolve us of the idea that this is a choice we made. This is an action we initiated. This is something that we have to accept, if not blame, at least responsibility or accountability for. It's easy to blame others when we get burned, especially when getting burned could have or should have been avoided. Sometimes it is. I really wasn't thinking, or I don't know what I was thinking. But a lot of times it's just that I wasn't listening. People, well-meaning people, people invested in you have warned you, have, have given you cautions, have told you to be aware or to be wary. You know, I don't know how many times you, you talk to people who are in relationships that they should have never been in in the first place. And you see the red flags, you just color them differently. I know when I talk to young couples that are about to get married, and sometimes I, I see these signs that, and they scare me. And you talk to the little girl by herself, and you go, do you trust this young man? And she says, uh, well, um, I guess so. The answer to that is no. You either trust him or you don't. That's like getting on the edge of a cliff with, with a rappelling rope, and you're looking at me and saying, hey, will this rope hold you? And I go, um, well, uh, that's a yes or no question. And you know better than getting involved in a situation like that. And so many things that, that we decide to do and the advice that we decide to ignore and the choices that we end up making – we end up being burned and we end up in this pain and we end up with this hot mess. And really, there's nobody to blame but us. I remember having a parenting discussion with a close friend of mine. And he basically said that, you know, he, he talked to his kids pretty seriously. He said, you know, I can't keep you from doing certain things. I, I can't watch you all the time and I can't be a detective and discover everything that you're into. He said, but when you... If you end up in this mess, if you end up in X, Y, or Z situation, it will be because I put roadblocks in your way, and you climbed over them, you went around them, you tunneled under them, you burst through them, you ignored, and you circumvented all my attempts to keep you from going there. And if you end up in this situation and you end up in this mess and you end up being burned, it will not be because I didn't want to stop you. It will simply be because you did not allow me to stop you. I, I, don't, I don't like to think that I'm the cause of my own problems. But really, when you boil down to what do I really control, it's my choices, it's my reaction. It's my responses to the things that occur or don't occur. And those choices that I make have logical consequences. Everything you say yes to is something else you say no to. And, and everything you say yes to also invites friends to the party. My approach 
my preparation, my perception, my attitude, my reaction, all those things to any given situation are all mine. I have complete 100% ownership of those things. And I've got to decide whether or not I'm going to take responsibility and be accountable. I don't like to think that I cause most of my own problems, but this is actually true. In the War of 1812, Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry reported to William Henry Harrison after the Battle of Lake Erie. He approached his commanding officer and said, We have met the enemy, and they are ours. <laughs> well, in 1970, Walt Kelly, his animated character, the, the famous Southern philosopher Pogo the Possum, said, We have met the enemy, and he is us. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, A Christ-Centered Approach to Spiritual Self-Esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Mm-hmm.